Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Dead Fuck Podcast. I'm here with Dylan and Nick, as usual. Um, today, we are going to talk about something that happened yesterday um, with the Canucks organization. And we're going to start with Nick. And the whole situation is really about uh, the firing of Rachel Dory and the assistant GM, Emily Castongay and the Canucks organization. So I think we're going to start with Nick just because of his uh, fandom of the Canucks. And we're going to kind of break down what goes on, what's been going on over the last 20 hours or so with uh, the situation. Nick? Um, yeah, um, I'm just going to put it in like a short little summary right now. Then we'll go, we'll get into it a bit more. But basically what happened was um, back in September, Rachel Dory had um, gotten promoted to the like actual coaching staff, and then um, there was like a leak. She like leaked it to um, uh, like a reporter for the Canucks, and then that got put out. And then she like retweeted it or put it on her social media, and then. When the Canucks found out, Emily Castongay brought her into the office and was basically like irate about it. And then she eventually got fired for it. But that's that's basically a short version. The Cliff then, Notes version. The basically the, the yeah the Spark Notes version of it. Um, <laughs> the Spark Notes. <laughs> or whatever you know what I mean. No, no, I don't. I just say I just reminded me of me using them before. Um, and then. Like yeah, like like yesterday, a couple of days ago, uh, Rachel Dory came out and basically is saying that she was wrongfully dismissed and that Emily Kassengay was she basically fired her for um, like because of her gender, because of her mental illness, and because of her physical disabilities. And it's basically just become a whole like what do they what how do they put it a human rights thing human rights so she uh, so she filled out a human rights complaint a complaint uh, yeah. for british columbia and yeah. posted it on her social media so now everybody um who's listening and wants to follow the story more can look up her complaint uh to the british columbia government and uh yeah so she's filed it it's majority of the stuff the stuff that you actually want to look at is in the appendix. Mm. We're going to kind of go through that, but everybody here to uh, tell you what's going to go on with this situation and her side of the story. Yeah. And we only really know her side of the story. Like obviously um, uh, I'll pull up the quote that Ka- that Emily Kasslinger said, and then the Canucks, uh, sports and entertainment organization had to say basically um, I'll read the whole quote that Emily Kassengay put out she said I take a lot of pride in my work with the Vancouver Canucks being a leader a person of high morale character and always respecting and putting my coworkers first these allegations by Miss Dory are absolutely not true and her allegations of what I said to her are false and inaccurate at no time was Miss Dory treated differently due to gender, a mental disability, or a physical condition. As this is a legal matter, I will not make any further comments and will respect the process. Basically, 
denying everything and then saying, I'm not commenting any further because it's an ongoing investigation. And then uh, the Canucks organization post statement as well saying basically the same thing. Um, we strongly disagree with the allegations brought forth by Ms. Dory. Our organization provided Ms. Dory with all the necessary resources, support, and opportunities to succeed in her role. We acted in good faith and abided by our contractual obligations, both during and after Ms. Dory's employment with the organization. As this is a legal matter, we will respond accordingly to at the proper time. So pretty much saying we provided her with everything she needed and we did not mistreat her in any way, shape, or form. Yes. Dylan? Um, yeah, so like <clears throat> a part of what Rachel put out on her Twitter was essentially the entire document, the human rights complaint document. And in there, there's an Appendix A that lists out her entire statement for the most part. Um, and just reading through that, it's it gives you a pretty detailed summary of, of where she's coming from. And um, in there, she she enlightens you as the reader to her. Um, she has um, mental health issues, dealing with anxiety, depression, and PTSD as well. She has a physical disability that she says, which in here it says namely is a heart condition um, that she was diagnosed with a few years ago. Um, so she were, she's required to wear a heart monitor every day in order to manage her heart condition. Um, so I guess like reading through like the early parts of the document, it, it does seem like she came to the Canucks when they hired her and, and she said like, I will accept the position provided you're able to um, kind of meet my needs like physically and mentally. And um, I don't know. I, like, I I don't work in the organization, and neither do you, neither do you guys. So we can't say like what sort of um how comfortable she was working in the job. But I can assume like if she was receiving good praise um, early on, and then was eventually promoted from like what was her initial job? She was a an analytics advisor or something. He was yeah. Yeah, she was here. I got the thing right here in point four. It says on January twentieth, twenty twenty two, at age twenty five, Mister was hired by the Canucks organization as an analyst and was subsequently promoted to the coaching staff in the role of analyst slash assistant video coach on August. Oh, I got that wrong. I said September, assistant. but it was August. That's like Dwight Schrute, assistant to the video coach. Yeah, <laughs> on August one, twenty twenty two. She was the first woman hired as part of the hockey coaching staff of the Canucks, but. As we know, the second woman, I guess, in the organization, in terms of like a, like a hockey capacity, mm -hmm. like a front, like a quote unquote front, in the office, front office. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was also yeah. just reading this one part. Sorry, um, about when we get a little bit farther into this. Um, Do we want to just kind of like go through maybe like point by point, just kind of? We can. Yes. Yes, we can. Just because I don't, I don't know exactly where we want to go. Because I mean, there's 62 yeah, there's points 62 here, points. and it's a, so it, but maybe a long, <laughs> yeah, a long yeah. one. Um, yes, yeah, we can, we can kind of go just point kinda, by point in a way. 
maybe like quickly point by point and then we can just kind of um expand on them as we as something comes up yeah so if we continue ever since her time working with the new jersey devils so i guess it's important to know that she worked for the devils for i think two years coming out of uh, college or university um and it says she was hired as a hockey analyst and became the youngest member of an NHL analytics department, um, which is pretty incredible. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> at twenty-one, good working for working for an NHL team, like <clears throat> in that capacity. <laughs> no, we thought we were playing for the actual team, not working for the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like I've, uh, like this is like months ago. I've scrolled through her like LinkedIn profile and like she's done a lot in terms of the hockey like analytics community. She's worked for like university. She's doing university level hockey. She's doing um I think stuff for like yeah, for her school and then maybe like a junior team or two before eventually like working her way up to working with the Devils and doing the podcast, the Staff and Graph podcast. So like yeah, at a young age, she definitely like she was established in her in her position. Like she was a known, I guess, commodity in the in the hockey analytics world as potential asset to a team. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I guess back in twenty eighteen, we did kind of touch on her. Uh... Yeah, on her diagnosis with post uh, PTSD. On her issue, um, her, it was associated like with physical issues. Yes, uh, associated with panic and anxiety attacks and depression. So, all three things are not good for really any human being. Um, and I mean, and like, if, if you need, if there's things that you need from your workplace, like, I think it's fair to ask for them. Mm-hmm. Like, to a certain degree, I think. I don't know. Like, I don't want to be insensitive, but like, um, I think there's certain workplaces or certain employees where if you were to hand them a list of triggers to you, that would kind of get shrugged off or laughed off or whatever. Like, not to say that that's the, the correct response, but like, Yeah, especially the, in like a high stress environment like this, like in in hockey. Yeah. Well, it's a fast moving game. It's a fast moving organization. Like, there's always something happening. Like every day is a new challenge, really. Yeah. Where like majority of jobs are pretty set in routines, and uh, obviously not as high uh, high risk, high risk. But. Um, yeah, moving forward in this uh, document, there's the uh, the expectation yeah, okay. of a safe and healthy work environment. Yeah, uh, so it, like which, in, which anybody in wants. In like the next point, it seems like because um, it says Miss Story in the interview process by um, President and Interim GM Jim Rutherford assured her that they would take all the necessary steps. So just kind of like what we said, like the Canucks were willing to. Um, make whatever accommodations were necessary to make her employment comfortable. As any employer would. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
any good any one. Any good employer would. Yeah. yeah I mean, if you want somebody to work for something for you, like you gotta kind of sweeten it and be nice, right? Well, it's then, a... like the next point after that one, where Rutherford basically said, "Yeah, we'll take care of anything that you need to be comfortable working for us." It basically he basically is saying how he's impressed with the new hires, like both Emily Kessinger and Rachel Dory, but then he was like, oh, I'm very impressed like with all the work that she's done with the Devils and then also like going into her like collegiate, like I guess career, if you can say. So she had hot, she had praise from like some of the highest people in the Canucks organization. So it's not like she was brought in and they were like, oh yeah, She'll she'll do all right. It was no, we're very impressed with what she's done, and this is the reason why we hired her. So. Yeah, like I think they're trying to say, like we didn't hire her just because, like, she's a female. It's a woman. Yeah, so it's gonna we're be hiring her. Yeah, it's like she has legitimate yeah. experience. She has. Yeah. <laughs> now, for, moving on to the next one. Uh, that I'm on. Uh, she never received Miss Dory, and never ever received any complaints with respect to her job performance. To the contrary, she was generally complimented and praised for her hard work and job performance by her colleagues. Uh, the decision to promote Miss Dory to the coaching staff was made by Mr. Rutherford, Bruce Boudreaux, head coach of the Canucks, and Dylan Crawford, the head video coach. Mr. Rutherford had. Began discussing the promotion with Miss Dory in about May of 2022. Yeah. And then it's. Yeah. Well, it says Miss Kessinger gave Miss Dory the new employment contract in late July of 2022 with a 24 hour deadline to accept the promotion. Like, are you kidding me? That seems very odd because. And it says. It just says, basically just says which did not give Mistoria enough time to review the new contract with independent legal counsel. It seems odd also, to me that, like, promoting sorry, somebody... I'm just... Uh, yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, like, it seems odd to me that, like, if you're promoting somebody, why do you need to have such a strict deadline? On this? Yeah, like, that's ridiculous. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> sign it. I well. mean, my, my personal opinion on this is why... When she was began discussing it with the interim general manager, did it get passed down to the AGM when you're already discussing the contract for uh, this new job in the organization with the actual the actual general manager when it got delegated down to the AGM? Say, yeah, that's it, when it kind it, of started to kind of go downhill. Yeah. So what I'm saying is like, what what does it do that? Who's who's uh, Who's in charge? <laughs> yeah, it was, I was going to say that, that seems a bit odd that the whole, like, you think that the conversation would have been actually been in reverse. It would have started with the assistant general manager being like, oh, hey, like, you could potentially be promoted to this job, but it needs to go up to, like, the interim general manager at the time, uh, Jim Rutherford, not starting with Jim Rutherford and then going down to the AG. Yeah, like that, the video that, coach. Yeah, that makes that really it went all the way down to the video coach. Yeah, that didn't really make a lot of sense. I'm assuming so, Jim Rutherford just was like, 
like this is just a guess, but maybe it was like, oh, that's something that has to be done. And he just like passed it off to Emily, like, oh, can you, you know, work with the legal department, put together a contract for her, get her to sign it, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, possibly. Like he's like, oh, this is this isn't something that I should be handling. Like, not yeah, saying I've he's got other things to do, type of thing. Yeah, like not saying like, oh, I'm I'm this is too like or I'm too important to be handling this. Like not saying it like that, but like. I have more important things to be handling right now, kind of thing. Well, it says too. It's in the summer. It's in like August. Yeah. So like that's draft. That's even in. That's the that's draft. That's free agency. That's re-signing staff. That's all that stuff. So yeah, I can see how he would just kind of pass it off to and. Middle. It's middle of the offseason. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's possible he was like on vacation. He wasn't even in the office or something like that. Mostly. Yeah. So yeah, that's just my opinion on it. Like how it's just been delegated. Uh, obviously the video coach should be in, involved because she's going to be the assistant to the video coach analyst. Yeah, so I understand that. Supervisor. Yeah. So uh, moving forward, uh, this is kind of when it all kind of starts to snowball and go downhill for Rachel. Uh so on September 19, 2022, Patrick Johnston, a reporter and friend of Miss Dory's, since her time working in sports commentary, uh, texted her statements that Mr. Budo had made to the public and assembled media, assembled media at the golf course. Uh, in the statements, Budro commented on her recent promotion with the Canucks coaching staff and had complimented Miss Dory as having a wealth of knowledge and further added that she knows a lot for her age. Uh, so all in that, I guess, brief synopsis is just a text message to say, hey, congratulations. Look at the compliments you're getting from the head coach of the team you work for. And that's kind of where it should have stayed, but it did not. <laughs> yeah. And in the, in the next point, it says it was clear that Mr. Johnson was not seeking a story or quote. It was just simply conveying compliments that she'd received from the head coach. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't seem like he was like, "Oh, look at who, look at what this person said." Or like, "What do you, what do you think about that?" Like, "Can I get a quote from you?" And it was, it was just like, "No." Like, look he at what he wasn't fishing for anything. As no. far as the statement says. So, yeah, I find it just seemed very non-hurtful, uh, and it was just get, receiving compliments. So it's it's a great thing to to get. Who doesn't like a compliment, right? Um, and then further moving on, uh, Mr. Johnson published Mr. Brudeau's comments and Mr. Ray about Miss Dory and her promotion in an article in the province's newspaper. Uh, the article did not mention Miss Dory's comments as they were understood by Mr. Johnson and Miss Dory to be merely casual communications between friends. And there's a link to the uh, the province newspaper's article in this appendix. Yeah. Um, so basically, yeah, uh, it's... I think it's just a lot of hearsay and then it kind of spiraled into this mess that. Yeah. 
It's at this point where I'm kind of like, yeah. because it says that Rachel Dory reposted the link to the article on her Instagram. Fair enough. She was excited about being publicly praised. And then later on, Miss Castongay called Miss Dory into her office. During this conversation, Miss Castongay raised a concern with Miss Dory reposting the article on her social media account and Miss Dory speaking to the media. To which Miss Dory explained to Miss Castongay she had not disclosed her promotion to any confidential information to the media, including to the person who had written the article. So it's kind of like. I think there's a miscommunication. I think that's where maybe the the conflict really is. Is a miscommunication between what Rachel's intention was and maybe what the Canucks and Emily Castongay want from their from their staff. Like maybe they want to run a really really tight like tight-lipped ship where no leaks come out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And uh... This is when it gets even more crazy is some of the things that Rachel Dory kind of accuses Emily Castingay of saying. Um, so she, let me just go back to this point for one second, uh, did not speak to any other members of the media about her promotion, any other matter retain, uh, relating to the Canucks. She simply provided a polite, innocuous, and gracious response to her friend. Uh, Ms. Castingay responded to Ms. Dory's explanation of what occurred by saying you're not important enough to be cared about quote and no one in the media is your friend yeah and nick and i talked about this point earlier like before we recorded where like we can we can talk about it and like my point was kind of like those words are harsh like what she said (laughs) but i can kind of understand what she's trying to say yeah like she just yeah she 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 misworded the the point she was trying to get across. Definitely, like saying you're not important enough to be cared about. Like that's that's like way out of left field to to be saying that to a member of your staff, especially someone who is as bright as she is, and also saying like that she has a mental disability. Like that can't be good hearing when you already have a mental illness, let alone, yeah, I just think that that could have been worded a bit better rather than just saying, you're not important enough. I think what she's trying to say is that with the second part, not the, you're not important enough to be cared about. It's the, no one media is your friend, which is trying to protect you from, not necessarily leaking anything out, but to just protect her from people attacking her on social media because like, she did something wrong or something in her past. But you know what I mean? Like something like that, but as a supervisor, can... as an, I know, I know she's a new AGM. She's been in there less than a year. You don't necessarily know the way to, she might not be the best leader to start off. Right. Nobody's a great leader to start off unless you're born like it. I mean, like not everybody's a captain. So, and just judging by my own personal opinion and feelings about that is it's just, yeah, poorly worded. And the problem is too, is that you can't take it back. Once those words are said, you can't go back on your word because you said it to her and she knows now what she thinks she's worth. 
So it's she backed basically Castlegate chose the wrong words and now it's spiraled out of control to the point that she can't go back on it because what she it, it's gonna ruin her career moving forward and the only way that they could get rid of her was to fire her. Um the like the next the next part after it it's kind of, it's this is where it gets really confusing. Because it says that um, Emily Kessinger told Miss Dory, I don't know if you have what it takes to do the job mentally. After getting praises from not just the interim GM at the time, now president of hockey operations, Jim Rutherford, and the head coach, Bruce Brudrow, and also assistant coaches as well. This is the first that we've ever heard of anybody in the Canucks organization saying that she doesn't have what it takes to do the job so it's a bit odd that i think maybe she because she received praise for the actual work that she's done yeah maybe this could be cast on gay's way of saying like um like i'm trying to think of the right way to word it but like maybe like you produce really good work but you're hard to work with type of thing Mm. um yeah, like you get the job done, but it's... You get the job done, but we have to... It's hard to work. It's hard to... You. Yeah, like... On a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, like... It, it's, yeah. She says, when she says, do you have what it takes to do the job mentally, she could be referring to, like, this is... Like, what we talked about, like, this is a high-stress job. Like, work has to be done fast. It has to be done, like, accurately if we're analyzing players, like, on kind of a period-by-period basis. Um, Like, I don't know. I don't want to, like, make assumptions or or come up with theories that aren't correct, but it's... I wonder if, like... You know, I don't know. If Rachel Dory, like, came up with, like, excuses for things or anything like that that maybe frustrated upper management to the point where it's like, okay, like, just get the work done. Like, we don't care. The only thing I can, like, just playing devil's advocate for what you just said, Dylan, like, then why would they pro- why would they offer her a promotion if she's, like, hard to work with or if she's, like, I don't that, that just doesn't, that wouldn't make sense to me. Like, why would you offer someone a promotion if they're, like, hard to work with? Like, yeah, they could produce, like, good work and all that, but, like, if they're hard to work with, then I feel like they wouldn't necessarily offer her. A promotion yeah like most that. yeah in, in, no, in most in most times they uh they literally just kind of keep that person down. i guess it's possible oh. then like maybe like when she was an analyst before was she working with or had any communication with like bruce boudreau or any of those other staff who wanted her promoted to this position or did they just see her work like did they work with her or did they just see the data that she was able to to produce type of thing. Mm-hmm. That's all I can think yeah. of. Yeah. No, that's that's perfect. But yeah, it's just it's hard to it's not necessarily like, hard to read. Honestly, like I've like I've had an office job for seven years now. Like a lot of this reads like typical office politics where two people butt heads they're just two like a 
like they're two different people who just don't work well together and then yeah it just seems to kind of blow up a bit i'm just surprised it's it's reached this level of like attention yeah and going with my my life as well like i just recently got promoted to a management position and starting where you know i'm I would categorize myself as a hard worker, but changing to a management position and learning how to become a leader and be in charge of uh, people that are supposed to be working under you, it's a very hard task to do. So I kind of understood where Castagaya was going, but the word choices were completely wrong and um, uh, definitely not the right situation to try and say anything like that to an employee especially one that uh, you might not even necessarily know a lot about until you actually talk to that person. So it's a, it's a very tough thing to, to get involved in, but I think what they need to do, like what they should have done was learn from their, you know, their comments. Like if you, if you learn from saying something like that, like how Ms. Casting Gay said, you're not important enough to be cared about or, you can't do this job meant like you won't be good enough for this job. And I don't know if you're going to be able to do it, but what is it? Let me see. I don't know if you have what it takes to do the job mentally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those are almost like fighting words. Well, so that leads to the, to where the next like accusation comes up where I guess Miss Dory's like entire, like the foundation of her entire complaint here is that, Miss Ta- Miss Castongay was using this as a pretext to undermine her position with the Canucks, and Miss Dory suspected that Miss Castongay Miss Castongay may be doing so for the purpose of eliminating her from the organization altogether. So, I'm <laughs> so Miss Dory felt that she was threatening to Miss Castongay, and Miss Castongay wanted her fired as a result. Which kind of doesn't make any sense if you look at their job positions. Yeah, because like, like what we were saying before we before we started, we were like, well, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it make more sense if Dory was trying to if Miss Dory's trying to get Miss Castongay fired rather than the other way around, so then she could gain like a more like a higher up position, but it's very hard to to think about where. On whose side is actually the truth, the most truthful side? Um, I think that's what I'm struggling with the most. Is again, like we said at the beginning, we're also only reading one side of the story. So, um, almost to be like a fly on the wall would have been perfect for this, but yeah, we obviously have way more information than what we do now. But this is a very comprehensive set of documents, so it's not. Um, I wouldn't think it's too blown out of proportion. You know what I mean? So, and then like the like the next, like we've said earlier. Sorry, sorry, Nick. I just have to say, um, we already complimented how much Rachel Dory has done in the NHL offices, and so like it's almost like you kind of want to take her word for it. You know what I mean? And then, like the the next, like just moving on from what. We just lost right out. The next three are basically the next three points are just kind of like 
saying like, oh, Miss Dory was shocked hearing like all like Miss Castlinga say this after she just received praise from like uh, Bruce Brudro and then assistant coaches and then like even earlier on when she was hired, what Jim Rutherford said about her. And then <clears throat> it brought up, um, it says, following this conversation, the Canucks hockey staff, including Miss Dory, Miss Castlingay, and Mr. Alvin, attended a Whistler training camp from September 21st to the 24th, so ba- literally the next three days after that conversation. And this is where it kind of gets a little petty. It says, while in Whistler, Miss Castlingay ignored Miss Dory and stopped acknowledging her presence in front of coworkers. And then after it says, um, this predictably led to Miss Dory feeling isolated and alienated from the coaching staff, which was especially difficult for Miss Dory as one of the few women on the staff, the only one with a publicly disclosed disability, and in light of her concerns arising from Miss Castingay's comments that her job may be in jeopardy. Like, that that's where it kind of sounds like what you guys were talking about, like, typical office office people butting heads because they're not they don't like each other kind of thing like i'm just like that sounds very very petty like oh you you i don't like you i'm gonna ignore you now in a in a work setting or in a in a, at a training camp like that's where i'm just like oh god this is getting really messy even if you did get ignored all weekend like who cares like just <laughs> Like, I don't know. It seems incredible. It's like you said, it seems really petty and kind of silly, too. It, to me, yeah, it as, seems very... As worked up as she seems to be about... Uh, I was going to say... is, like, the cause. Well, it, it, just, it just sounds super unprofessional, in my opinion. Like, yeah, like, she could be like, oh, I've dealt with this struggle ever since I got into the league, like, being a, feeling alienated and isolated because of my gender and how there's very few women and like coaching staff or in upper management in the NHL. But at the same time, like I feel like because she's like not in like the majority group, she kind of needs to be, she kind of needs to not act like this, like not like petty and childish and all that just so she can like kind of, Herself being like, hey, no, like I can do this job, and I'll kind of do whatever it takes. And it does say after, um, after the last quote, it says that Miss Story, however, continued to perform her job duties and continued to receive positive feedback from her colleagues. So this this is just a whole mess of a situation that I definitely agree with what Dylan you said earlier, where it's like miscommunication on like kind of like what the Canucks organization wants out of their staff and like they want maybe like maybe they want it like really tight and close to them and not have like anything get leaked out or anything like that like is it possible that um in her time when she was employed that she was the cause of other leaks that maybe the organization knew about and this was kind of like a last straw like like listen we've told you to like not leak anything and then we and i don't know like again that's kind of me jumping to a conclusion but like i feel like there's more to this than than she's kind of leading on just reading through this statement i feel like there has to be more to the story 
Yeah, I, it just seems like there definitely needs to be more. And I'm just reading a little, a little after. Um, it says um, in point forty three. As a result of this treatment by, or as a result of this treatment of her by Miss Casting Gay, Miss Dory suffered multiple cardiac episodes and anxiety attacks from September twenty first to the twenty fifth while they were in while they were in Whistler. Um, it says Miss Dory was treated by the Canucks mental performance specialist, team physician, and orthopedic surgeon in response to these episodes. So, um, and then afterward, after they were done in Whistler on September 27th. Miss Dory met with the HR department of the Canuck. She told the HR department that Miss Castangay had quote, crossed the line, unquote, with the comments that she had made about Miss Dory's mental ability to perform the job. Um, the HR department stated in response that they had been told by Miss Castangay that Miss Dory had spoken to the media about her promotion and said they would look into Miss Castangay's comments to Miss Dory about this. Hmm. And then um, a Dagger. few hours, and then this is this is kind of where it all ended. A few hours after Miss Dory's discussion with the HR department, Mr. Alvin terminated Miss Dory's employment with the Canucks based on the information he had received from Miss Castengay. He further stated that although Miss Dory was being terminated without cause, the Canucks had cause to terminate Miss Dory for speaking to the social media about her promotion. So, you, like what? Yeah. That makes sense. Okay, yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, man. And then the next one, this will be the last one, and then we can talk about it. The only reason given to Miss Dory about her termination is that she spoke to Mr. Johnson about the announcement of her promotion and then reposted his article about Mr. Boudreaux's favorable comments on her social media account. Hmm. What the hell is going on with this whole thing? This seems so stupid to me. Like, it no, seems so, I'm, like... I'm kind of confused <sighs> now because, like, I was under the impression that she had leaked this or that the rumor was that she had leaked it and then Mr. Johnston wrote the article saying like, oh, Rachel Dory will soon get a promotion to whatever. But if Mr. Boudreaux or Bruce Boudreaux had already talked about it, I guess she had a non-talking clause within this contract, like... An NDA, probably. Like, I guess that's what she kind of broke. She had some sort of NDA, like... I don't know. This this whole thing is very, very messy. I'm getting the impression now that, like, if Rachel Dory didn't already have a public presence, like, if she wasn't active on Twitter like she is, have a podcast, et cetera, et cetera, and this was just, like, regular old Joe Blow who worked for, who did analytics, was hired by the Canucks, and then leaked, some stuff got leaked, and they were terminated. This would not be a story in the news whatsoever. No, no, it would just be like, not even. Close. It's like imagine if like one of us just leaked something. Yeah, like if, if, if one of us got fired from our position, and like we tried to make a a big An accusation news case about it, I think it would just be like, like okay, okay, yeah, yeah, you do that. 
Yeah, no, I just yeah. I I don't know if Rachel Dory necessarily has a leg to stand on here in terms of this like human rights complaint. It's a very interesting story in the way that we put this out here because it's it starts off and as it being even in her own words it starts as kind of you feel sorry for her, which is I mean to go through anxiety attacks depression. PTSD, have some sort of physical condition that um, you can't really control at times. It's terrible. And then leads towards more pettiness with the fact that she, her AGM ignored her for four days, which, which led to more attacks and bodily harm to herself. Uh, and then now to the termination of her contract because of something that happened a month and a half pre, like prior to any of this. Well, when you get to some of these later points, so you get to point 50, say it says, in a male-dominated hockey world, physical and mental toughness are prized attributes. Mental, at- mental disabilities in particular are often ignored, downplayed, or hidden, and may be seen as a sign of weakness or softness. And the next point, individuals with mental health issues have often been stigmatized in the professional hockey world as reflected in the Hockey Talks campaign, a league-wide program that was inspired by Rick Rippon, a former Vancouver Canucks forward who tragically lost his battle with mental health issues in 2011. 52, the purpose of the Hockey Talks program is to raise awareness of mental health and help overcome stigma often associated with it in the hockey world. So... It seems like in these later points, it's trying to pull you back in. Using this to kind of insulate herself in a way that kind of rubs me the wrong way, where it's like, you have mental health issues, and that's fair and that's valid. Um, But like, you need to work through those and still perform your job. Like, that's Mm -hmm. not, that's not a reason to like, I don't know. That can't. I feel like that can't be used as as an excuse to why. I I agree with you about seventy five percent of that. Seventy five. Because I agree that you should probably not be able to use that as an excuse moving forward, and with whatever job you. Yeah. I'm, I may not have worded it right. I think like what I'm trying to no, say is like you're not immune, okay. you're not immune to criticism or yeah. like um job being reprimanded in your job just because you have a mental health issue. And it seems like yeah. in these points it's trying to like she's trying to like insulate herself like oh I struggle with this, which is fair. Um, it's very valid. Like, like garner sympathy, like bringing up Rick Rippin and this and that, and it's like okay, like this isn't. I don't know. I feel like we're losing the point of this whole, like yeah, the whole thing. I think we've lost the plot majorly because the whole point was that you were fired because the Canucks thought and know that you technically leak your promotion without actually being 
Yeah, which I'm still, I don't know, I'm still like a little confused by that. I think the craziest thing is that it's finally gotten like backing. I think this is like in the last little bit, like this is such a weird thing because it's, I know it's a Canadian team, which makes everything a little bit more magnified. And God, if this was in Toronto. Oh my God. (laughs) Dude, it would be the front page. It'd be front page news everywhere. Oh man. It'd be insane. But like, like, even after the points that you just made where uh, Dylan were talks about, like, she brings up, like, the mental illness and how, like, basically she's getting sympathy votes. And right after that, she brings up, like, I won't read the entire thing, but it basically, Sparknotes version, it's basically like, oh, Miss Dory thought because Miss Castor Gay is also a female in a male-dominated field that she would, like kind of like understand where she's coming from and like have like these um these things like in the back of her mind being like oh she's a female and a male dominated like thing like we need to like take care of her and all this stuff and then it was basically like nope she was not like that at all and that was shocking to miss story so i'm like well now you're bringing it up as a as not just a mental slash physical disability thing now it's a gender thing which doesn't make which really doesn't make a lot of sense when you think about it because like the you whole, want, like, you want per- to treat all your employees the same. Yeah, like the no the special who, no well, like yeah. in like no. at the very near the end point fifty six, it basically says it is clear based on all of the circumstances of the case that Miss Dory's sex, physical and mental disabilities played a role in her termination. That, I I think that's false. I think that's 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 inaccurate. You're you're starting you're starting to reach. That's, like, to do with that. that's exactly be, what the Canucks and uh, Cast on Gay said in their statement. Is that yeah, true? they said like it has nothing to do with those three <laughs> things. It had well, they didn't say it had to do with anything, but it, they basically just denied that it had to do with those with those three things. And like, <sighs> like I never really it, but, thought that on this podcast we talk about again like gender and. <laughs> Well, I would reach this far, but you know, it, it probably would eventually get there, just because of like opinions. I, well, like I can kind of see where like Miss Dory's group is coming from when they talk about like the mental disability part, like that playing a role. But like when Catherine Gay said, like I, I don't think you can do this job mentally, or I don't think you have what it takes to do this job mentally. But also at the same time. Like that—that that doesn't have to do with her mental illness or her mental disability. That has to do with like a completely different aspect of what she mm-hmm. means by mental part of the job. Ugh. Like this is oh man, this is just yeah. Like when she says, "I don't know if you can handle the job mentally," I don't think that's supposed to be a dig at her like mental illness. I think it's supposed to be like there's a lot of stress and there's a lot of expectations in this job, like. Can you handle it? Or is this going to be like, do we have to kind of hold your hand through it? Yeah, that's and, a that's legit an interview question of what you just said. Yeah. Are you are you capable of doing this? Are you think you're going to be capable of yeah, like that, organization, managing like your time, doing everything that you need to do properly in a timely manner? manner? Are yeah, you like going to be able to do this? I was just going to say, that's like a basic question at any job like it doesn't even need to be a high stress job it can literally be working at mcdonald's 
literally working any job that you're dealing with the public it's like oh can you deal with like for instance people screaming at you because you got like their order wrong or like like can you deal with that and if you say no then they're not gonna hire you and even in this case you're not even a public figure no you're a behind the scenes person you're an analyst you're a you know you're an analyst yeah and that's what she was saying before as well is like you work with the video coaching staff. You're not a coach on this team. Like, just kind of know, know your role, your place. Like, like that's not supposed to be like you're not important. I guess like you obviously are important to this organization because you bring some sort of skill. But like, <clears throat> when it comes to like public speaking and speaking with the media, there's certain people in the organization who are designated to perform those tasks like the head well you think the president has a person that comes out and talks first yeah exactly yeah well i i'll i'll read this this last bit because after they said like oh it's clear that based on all the circumstances that mr sex physical and mental disabilities played a role in determination they actually have like five points as to like why they think it's true or some yeah why they think it's true It basically says, this is demonstrated by a number of factors, including, but not limited to the following. Uh, Point A, the lack of female representation and representation of people with mental and physical disabilities in in the professional hockey world generally, which exacerbated the isolation and vulnerability of Miss Dory in her new role. Uh, Point B, the hurtful, insensitive, and insulting comments by Miss Castonguay describing Miss Dory as unimportant, not worthy of concern, and mental incapable of mentally incapable of performing her job, despite the positive feedback she had received from others in the organization about her performance. Uh, point C, the conduct of Miss Castonguay ignoring and isolating Miss Dory, which coupled with Miss Castonguay's comments, caused Miss Dory to suffer significant harms associated with her physical and mental disabilities. Point D, um, the unreasonable and flimsy pretext given for Miss Dory's termina- termination in light of the fact that she simply expressed her happiness to a friend about the positive comments about her from the coach. And point, point E, the fact that other male employees without mental and physical disabilities, such as Mr. Yeo, have not been terminated for speaking to the media about matters involving the Canucks. On that, on either, we'll go back because there's one point in there about yeah, there was a like yo, yeah, there was a point that he basically did the same thing as Rachel Dory, but he didn't receive any repercussions. Yeah, I Uh, can't remember. I I got right here. It's number thirty-two. Yeah, thirty-two. He had his comments to the media about the Canucks featured in an article, which clearly went beyond anything that Miss Dory had said or done with the with the respect to her promotion. Nevertheless, Mike Yo or Mr. Yo. Uh, continued to be employed as an assistant coach with the Canucks without suffering any adverse employment consequences for speaking to the media. And then they give like a they give a a link to the to that article, article where yeah, Mikey O it, the title Mikey O and Canucks special teams a huge key to the season where he basically just talks about like the Canucks special teams as a whole because he is their uh, penalty killing. He's he's uh, the head of their penalty killing team so yeah he's great no he's finally no he fucking sucks okay let me tell you (laughs) oh man 32nd 
Yeah, good job, Mike. There you yeah. go. So, but doesn't that kind of uh, speak to what we just talked about? Where it's like Mike it is. is like he is on the like the coaching staff. Like he's somebody who I think is probably permissible within the organization to speak to the media versus Rachel yeah. Dory, who like is an analyst. Don't have permission to speak to the media unless. Unless under a certain circumstances that we that we tell you to, yeah, unless yeah. instructed to do so. I think that's oh, the difference. There. Well, like, that's the, the difference. Like, like point by point, you can. You the can only thing that the only thing oh, we poked a lot of holes in it. Well, the only thing that I will kind of say is like a valid point is point D where it said like the unreasonable and flimsy pretext given for Mystery's termination. Like, yeah, that was kind of. That was kind of stupid, like how they. Mine, but in BC, also point B. You don't have to. You can be fired for no reason. Yeah, like, yeah, but like, so like I it think doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. This, this, this is this, like, this, it's this is a very sticky situation. It's because like obviously we've only heard like we've clearly seen a lot from her side, but we really haven't seen anything from like. Emily Caston Gay said, or even like the Canucks organization as a whole, they basically just come out and denied everything and then said, well, because this is an ongoing investigation, we'll comment when like kind of needed to. Mm-hmm. So, like, everything that we know about this so far is all pretty hearsay. much from, yeah, hearsay from Rachel Dory's side. Like, all we've heard is denying and all that from Emily Caston Gay and the Canucks organization as a whole. We'll we will post the we'll post this on our Facebook because I'd rather hear from people's opinions as well because obviously people's opinions matter more uh, moving forward because this is just again we poked many holes in this situation from one side's opinion and I think our points are very valid mm-hmm. but it's just any it's like any employment. Yeah. We we went it's by the end of it, I was just it just sounded like a normal quarrel between two employees, which happens to be on an NHL team. I think that's why the organization just gave a really basic um statement because they're like, This is just (laughs) this isn't like it this is not on the same scale as certain other things that have taken place across the league. Like this is just even the past like months, this is yeah. just a regular thing that happens in jobs. People disagree with each other. They don't get along. People make mistakes on their job. People say things they shouldn't have. People do things they shouldn't have. Shouldn't have. There's bosses with power that maybe they unfairly use to terminate people. Um, yeah, I don't know. And again, like I said earlier too, like using the wrong language always leads to more conflict. You, yeah, and uh, yeah, no, I, it's. I think it probably could have been solved. If this wouldn't even been an issue, if maybe if judging by Miss Castanier's comments through Rachel Dory, thing it's is that, yeah. The unfortunate thing that I've seen too is that Rachel Dory has said like. She's done with hockey. She doesn't want to work in hockey anymore. And I mean, after this 
sort of thing, I, I feel like teams would be really, really skeptical Reluctant. to to hire her just because now you've worked for two organizations for very short periods of time in both. Um, I don't know. And that's unfortunate because I, I think she is very smart. She has a lot to contribute. So. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the NHL. It's like we lose, like the NHL loses people, doesn't want to be in hockey ever again because of the, of the, of the league. The league is just, it's a, it's a hard one to even work in, let alone watch. It's a niche, it's a niche league. It's like we're own, we're in our own little bubble. But I think every workplace has things like that. Like there's yeah. times when it's like, you just got to kind of suck it up. Yeah. Somebody treated you unfairly. Oh, well, you got to just yeah. take it and move on. Like, and I understand because we're a hundred percent male dominated podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I understand where any woman would be, you know, like, Oh, what are these guys even saying? Like, Oh, this really matters what they're saying. I'm like, yeah, but, None of it really matters anyway. We're just putting our opinions because we can. We have freedom of speech. We're able to say whatever we want. If you want to say something, you can say something. If you don't want to say anything, you don't have to say anything. That's all I got to say. It's not even like, like, yeah, if we had a bigger platform than Yao, maybe what we say would matter. But like, we're just freaking, we're a Oilers fan, a Maple Leafs fan, and a Canucks fan. And we just, we just do this for fun. So like, yeah, if you wanna if you wanna call us if you wanna call us the dumbasses of the week, that would be that's fine by me. That's fine that's by fine. us. We don't give a shit. We don't give a shit. This is this is just a very let's be real here. If we if we didn't have this story, we probably would have just talked about like, oh yeah, the Canucks are finally playing well and Toronto's playing well and Edmonton still kinda posting at like being under underwhelming, yeah. But like it, this story came out, and it's, it has to do with one of our teams, and it's a it's kind of a Hot interesting. It's a interesting slash confusing slash petty slash whatever you want to call it story, and we we wanted to talk about it because it's it's something that we felt like we wanted to discuss more, not just for us learning more about it, but in case like whoever's listening wanted to talk about it or hear about it more. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's perfect. And like, yeah, if, it, if oh. this was if this was in the Toronto organization, it was like, oh, everywhere. the fucking uh, spin check would like have done alerts. it. Angle would have done it already. I, don't, I think, Ben, you said Steve Dangle hasn't covered this one yet. Not yet. I assume they're going to probably talk about it on tomorrow's episode because I'm pretty sure they do three episodes a week. Yeah, probably. Uh, so, uh, actually, no, it'd be today. Yeah, I think they, they record on Monday. Oh, there you go. So Maybe maybe we'll knows? hear from them. Maybe. Who knows? That'd be interesting. Maybe they're going to hear our podcast and be like, damn it, they beat us to it. We're not doing it. Fuck it. <laughs> we're just gonna... no i could couldn't you... but uh... oh, could you imagine the first the they they start their podcast and they're like well we were gonna talk about the whole miss dory versus the vancouver canucks debacle but we've already seen another podcast take care of that so thanks a lot guys 
Oh my god, that would be the funniest <laughs> shit ever. Oh man, I would literally. Call, we should do that. We should just tag it. I would call you guys on in, on our Instagram chat. I'm big boys. We made it. We <laughs> <laughs> we made it. That would be the funniest thing ever. And they, could you imagine after that though? They were like, "Oh yeah, if you want to go listen to it, go listen to their podcast. We'll link it in after, like in whatever their bio or whatever in the." in the Dropbox of whatever they're, I don't know how the hell they would do that, but <laughs> that would be the okay. funniest thing ever. Oh man. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Um, I think we're going to talk about our dumbasses of the week. now. I don't think we have any good guys of the week this week. Does anybody have a good guy of the week? Uh, no, I just, I technically have two dumbasses, but I think one of you might take one of them. So I'll just say the other one. Okay. Dylan, are you ready to do this? Yeah, I don't really have anything, so I'll have to quickly okay. find something. If not, it's not. You save me to you the can... end. Save me to the ben, end. Ben, you go first, and then I'll. And then if you say one of mine, okay. then I'll say the other one. Well, mine's not a specific person. Mine's an actual whole fan base. Yep, I knew it. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I kind of thought you were going to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the New Jersey Devils fan base. Uh, I understood what they're, why they were mad. They're on a 13 game here. Was this after the? I don't want to like interrupt, but like, is this the same play? Because I saw this separately, where like they were throwing stuff on the ice, and then there was the play where the the ref was like, "It's it's it's a goal. Actually, it's no goal. It's no goal." Okay, so no, it's it's actually. Well, the point of my dumbass is that they threw shit on the ice. They, they threw beers. They threw freaking half full beers, whatever, throwing stuff at the players, not necessarily trying to hit them, but just throwing them on the ice to hit a player. And it's looking after health and safety. That's, that's ridiculous. You can never have to worry about somebody chucking a beer at your head, which <laughs> you didn't. a lot of money. You know, it is. I'm like, you just threw like $10. That's $10 American. That's like $20 Canadian, you idiot. What the hell's wrong with you? Um, but my whole point was the they're on a 13 game winning streak at that point. It was on, I believe, it was on Wednesday, last week, Thursday, and there's three goals in that game that get called back. Granted, two of them should have been called back. No, no way. The third goal, which they ended up throwing all of their stuff on the ice, was a kick. He kicked the puck in the net. Oh, but it went off. Nick Robertson's skate. It doesn't matter. You kicked it in the net. That's a no goal. It's not hard to figure out. Like, and you don't even need to know the rules. You can't kick a puck in the net. So, dumbasses of the week, the whole New Jersey Devils fan base, because they're a bunch of sore losers after winning 13 <laughs> games in a row. <laughs> how, how big of a sore loser are you that you threw all your shit on the ice? Oh, my God. It wasn't like, I like they the devils. Threw, like it's not like they threw like something that wouldn't spill. In the, they literally threw a beer on the everything. ice. Like you're just everything. a dickhead. They threw everything. So that's mine. Like I, I, I don't want to go through the whole game because like it's in the past, and the devils have won back to back games since. So I'm not really. And, I think they're really worried. If you wanna, if you wanna hear more about that game just go watch steve dangles dumb or uh, not dumbass of the week that's ours 
because Steve's <laughs> dang it. Just go watch that video. He has dang like it. he covers the entire thing. Yeah, there you go. There's the there's the plug for them, and then we'll we'll get the other plug back. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Repetition, like but that multiple times before. I just think they're great. Uh, well, mine is similar to yours, Ben, but it was a different game. Um, on it was actually went it was actually last Wednesday as well. I don't know if that's the same day as the Toronto New Jersey game. I don't know, but late in the game, I think the oh yes, it was. I I completely forgot when I was looking it up, but I just remembered the the Canucks were playing Colorado. The Canucks were up. Four to three with like two minutes left in the game, and obviously the the Avalanche are pressing to get a goal. Then they got a penalty with like a minute left in the game, and obviously like you're super pissed off if you get a penalty in the other team, like in the opposing team's zone when you're trying to score a goal with under two minutes left. Like you figure the rest will swallow their whistles, but the ref did not swallow his whistle. He called the penalty, and then uh, when the Canucks were lining up to take a face off to the left of the net, someone threw a bag of candy at Pedersen right before the face. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> the, 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 the stupid thing about it, right, is that, like, no one was like, oh, why the, why the hell would someone throw a bag of candy at Pedersen, you know? It was the fact that it started a whole debate on what the candy actually was. Like, like, why are we even talking about that? It's clearly it's Sour Patch. It's clearly Sour Patch kids. It's you guys are jelly beans. Stupid. Are you an idiot? I'm looking at the picture right now. Those are not jelly beans. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. I'm a dumbass. They look like Sour Patch kids. Like, see? Look, 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 what, look what this is doing. Kids. Look what this is doing. It's starting, it's starting to debate in our freaking podcast. This is stupid. But anyway, yeah. Whoever threw the bag can be like, you're an idiot. Like, oh, you got a penalty with a minute left in the game when you're down 4-3 to three to arguably one of the most inconsistent teams in the NHL. Go cry about it. Or go to a Devils game, and then you can join their fucking throwing of things on the ice. Yeah. My dumbass goes okay, to whoever threw the freaking bag of candy. All right, so mine, I sent this to you guys in the text chat shortly after we started, but this is, um, I believe it's like a junior varsity hockey game in Colorado, and it's a video of like, uh, well, JV, so I'm assuming it's like grade nine, grade 10 kid. How old were the Mighty Ducks when they were on the junior varsity team? Um, And this kid gets like... (laughs) I don't know what happened, what led to this situation, but the kid gets stomped on the head like three times before his goalie and his teammate like step in. So, holy crap! I just watched the video. Yeah, so uh, that guy's a dumbass. Holy, holy Christ! Ben, did you see that video? No, I'm trying to find it here. Oh my god! Did you send it in the group chat here? No, it's in the uh... it's in the Discord chat. This is disturbing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's the title of the tweet. This guy gets punted three times. I also have a uh, uh, honorable mention for uh, all the Canadians out there that are watching the World Cup. Uh, uh, John Herdman with the <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go f Croatia stuff. Yeah, and then we freaking lost. I, I mean. 
we we there's no way that we're gonna beat Croatia. And then we as I, in Canada, Team Canada. I said because before the World Cup started, like obviously no one gave Canada a chance. Like they thought we were we were probably gonna be like third or fourth. No one thought we were gonna be first or second. But like when we held our own against Belgium, and then they scored like a pretty oh they scored a nice goal. I'll give them credit. That was a nice goal. But like we dominated them in that game, and then everyone was like, "Oh, now we're gonna beat Croatia." It's like, well, no, Croatia's a better team than Belgium right now. Like Belgium on paper, they were ranked second overall, and they look like shit. Even Kevin De Bruyne, the, the one of the most one of the best players on Belgium, said. That because a, a reporter asked if like what their chances are of winning the World Cup, and he's like, "We're not. We're too old." So like, how they were ranked second baffles me. So like, I, I before the World Cup started, I said we're gonna lose to Belgium. We may tie against Croatia, and then we're then we should tie against Morocco. But now I'm like, well, shit. Now we're now we're zero and two, and we're done. So like, yeah, that yeah. was a nice that was a nice pipe dream. But and we scored. A, all I wanted for Canada was to score a goal. Yeah, and we did. And, and in sixty eight seconds in the second game, oh, thanks. it was a nice goal too. A good header. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, like honestly, like I don't really care what happens. Like I do care what happens in the in the third game against Morocco. I just want to see them score another goal. I just want to see another goal. That's all I want. If they win the game, that's fantastic. It'll be the first ever win for, for Canada at the World Cup for men's so, soccer. Even a draw. I'll take a draw. Yeah, because then that would be their first non-loss. It'd be the first point. It'd be a first point. That'd be, that'd be fantastic. I mean, yeah, the next World Cup isn't going to be for another, whatever, four Four-ish. years. But, like, they got some guys on that team that are old. Like, their goalie's, like, 37. You got Al, Al, Alden Hutchinson, who's 39. They need to get younger, and they need to get better. And I think they will, because, like, they're going to be... All the, like, youth of, like, the teenagers and then the young 20s are like, hey, Canada's at the World Cup. Like, I want to be there. They're going to work their ass off to get there. Also, it's being hosted by Canada, United States, and Mexico in 2026. Yeah, that'd so be Canada already Canada already is a host, so they're in it guaranteed. They're gonna have home field advantage if they play in Canada. I think that you should probably do that. I don't think Canada should not be in there. Yeah, can you imagine if all country. three of their games are like USA, USA, then Mexico? That'd be such bullshit. Yeah, that'd be it's like a home and home and series, then, like a super series. And then of course the USA would get all three games in the states. Like of course, yeah. that's just how it would work. Yes. Okay. That's enough soccer talk. I'm sorry, football talk, not soccer. It's not soccer. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's yeah. soccer in Canada and USA. Well, it's soccer in Canada and United States because the United States was like, hey, we play soccer. Football is the one that we throw and catch, not kick with our feet. Yeah. yeah that makes a lot of sense. Okay. All right. Well, that was a very interesting podcast, to say the least. Um, we will post the, uh, we're going to post, we should post her, her complaint letter on our Facebook Yeah. with our, with our episode. And, uh, yeah, if anybody wants to make any comments, be free to make any comments you would like. Uh, we don't, we don't hold back on that. Um, yeah, no, uh, we'll catch you guys on another one. Uh, Next time we'll probably talk about our own teams.
to the actual teams. Unless the story spirals out of, even more out of control. <laughs> All right, catch you guys on another one.